Last weekend, we were part of the inaugural event of the World Mother Storytelling Project, uh, which was called World Mother Live. Uh, the World Mother Storytelling Project is an initiative from our colleagues in New York. It's uh, Murray Nossel, who's the narrative founder, it was his idea. It's The project is all about people listening to their mother's stories, listening to and telling their mother's stories. I was just thinking today about the origin of uh, the whole project again, because um, on Sunday at the World Mother Live event, Murray spoke about it, and it all comes from this moment a number of years back where his mother in South Africa, in Johannesburg, was carjacked, and she was absolutely fine, but when Murray heard about this, he it threw him into a spin about his ageing parents, a long way away from him in New York. And of course, he went straight out to South Africa as soon as he could afterwards and arrived and um, started to talk to his mother about the event and realised that he didn't know who his mother was, as he described it, that he had never really been given a chance to get to know who she was. And they spent a couple of weeks together and he was able, through this rather extreme and... Um, a difficult experience that she'd been through to find an adult connection with his mother. That's such an interesting idea that you're just talking about there because who who really knows their parents, who knows all facets of their parents? And we are parents. And mm. I would say, you know, do our kids know us in, you know, our kids know us in a very particular way of course and they know a lot about us but um well it's interesting isn't it because we have kids of different ages at different points of their life and it feels that they get to know you incrementally you know you don't um you don't tell everything to a small child about who you are and your background and your parents and your hopes and dreams and fears and all that but gradually it feels that they get to know you more and more. And we have a 17-year-old now who is in her very early adulthood, kind of nascent adulthood, and now spends more time with us in some ways, um, more, uh, more kind of social time. We watch the same television programs now. She doesn't go to bed at the watershed and there's a kind of life after she's gone to bed and a life before. And we see less of her at the same time because she has her own life and her own um, social group. So they get to know you more as an adult and then yet she's individuating herself and it feels like she knows us less mm. in a funny kind mm. of way. Well, and if I think about... Um, oh my, I, There's things that I understand about my parents just because of getting older mm. and knowing them in a, in a whole different way because you can kind of relate I had no idea what it was like to um for my parents being in their 50s say now mm. I'm in my 50s I kind of I get it um but anyway the world mother storytelling project and world mother live which 
um, was live streamed from the Town Hall, which is a venue in Manhattan, and was originally designed as a live event where Murray would be on stage working with mothers and their children, helping them to facilitate their mother's story. So it's about the, their mother processing and telling her story, uh, and then the child being able to tell that story. Well, the mission, as it's expressed, is to teach everyone in the world to listen to and tell their mother's stories. So it's looking at a very distinct um, dynamic between two people, one of them being a mother, and about the listening of the story and then being able to tell it so you can pass it on. I think, um, I think implicit in that idea is that these are often stories that are not heard, that they, are, um, they can be hidden stories or less valued stories. I think that's, that's at the heart of what, what this whole project is trying to do. Well, yeah, I mean, the female experience and the mother experience, even mm. as, a, as a distinct part of the female experience, is something that's, um, I think, marginalised and, and silenced. It's not deemed to be important. Yes. Or as important as, you know, if you think about, you know, archetypal mother, archetypal father yes and what stories get told what stories are passed down into history so there's something about this project which is about mm. redressing that balance and putting putting the experience of mothers and mothers of all kinds I mean I know that Murray kind of acknowledges mm. that that he himself you know kind of has more than one mother he has his biological mother but there are he has other mother figures so I think that this project doesn't exclude um, women who haven't had children. Um, well, yes, there's that idea that mother is a verb as yeah. well as a noun. So, yes, and of course, you know, it, families occur in so many different ways now, so many diverse ways now. And if you're brought up by two men, there'll be an element of, mothering that they do um you're brought up by two women you're brought up by one of each you're brought up by a grandparent you're brought up by a guardian or an adopted parent it's the idea of mothering or to mother yeah yeah i'm slightly distracted by i don't know what it is whether it's somebody cutting a hedge or something down the road so if if you listening to this can hear that. I'm sorry about it, but there's not much we can do about it at this moment. Life outside. Life outside. Um, so uh, for this streamed event, which, you know, as I said, was, was supposed to be live, and then because of the pandemic, it was something that we streamed instead, which was great because actually that meant that I think it was much more inclusive because people could join from all around the world. Mm. People could be patched in. You know, the, so the... So the form of this was um, that you had mothers and their children um, sharing stories, sharing experiences. And I think something about all those stories, just to come back to the thing that you were just talking about, Dan, is it just makes you think about what, 
what it is to to be a mother, what it is to mother, what is what, what was the experience that one had of being mothered, yes. and 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 who was my mother anyway? You know, I lost my mother thirty years ago. You know, my mother died in nineteen eighty eight. So so personally, the journey that it took me on was thinking, well, you know, obviously I can't, I can't be with my mother and interview her and ask her questions and understand what her story is. So it, it just made me think about her and what I know about her and how, and how I would tell that story and how might she have told her own story. So it just took mm. me on, uh, you know, took me on a big journey of... Of thinking about all that stuff. Yes, um, it's a very different thing if your mother is around and you can sit and have that conversation with her to to listen to her tell her story. And I think that's part of the exploration that 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 Murray looks at that dynamic of uh, how you listen to your parents' story and how you ask the questions that draw that story out. So it's not um, it's not somebody else interviewing the mother and passing the story on. It's their own child mm. asking them to take the child into their ex- lived experience so they can understand it. Um, but if your mother's no longer around, it's different that exploration. It can it, it's then an internal one through your memories, um, and it's one that takes you to any other resources you have whether they're, you know, journals or photos or people that knew that parent. But it's a different exploration then because it won't be in their words um, unless, unless, there are, unless they wrote lots of journaling. It's going to be in your words. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm reflecting that, you know, the stories, whether, uh, you know, the stories that we heard on Sunday at the event... The whole point is that the stories are told using the what happened story technique, which is, you know, broadly taking away judgment and interpretation from the story. So not telling the story of, you know, what you realised, what you felt, what you decided. But what happened is, well, have your story be the answer to the question, what happened? and using sensory detail to really bring the stories to life. So, so I'm thinking when I tell my mum's story, um, it means that I can't... If, if I have to think about telling that story using the what happened technique, I have to work very hard to not layer my interpretation on, oh, I've seen this photograph or I've heard about this thing that happened with my mum mm. and I've decided that that's means a certain thing or, or was, a, was a particular kind of experience. Well, using the what happened technique, it means I have to mm. let go of that, any assumptions that I have about my mother. So it's actually, I mean, I think it's useful. Obviously, I think it's useful for everyone to use that storytelling technique. But if you haven't got your mother to ask, then... It it's brings, different. It, yeah. It's it, a different it, process. It brings a kind of... Uh, but it brings a, using what happened brings a kind of rigour to the process because I can't interpret my mother's story because I'm using what happened. Yeah, um, but it's, it's a different kind of rigour than, than um, 
if you were asking your mother the questions and getting her to be rigorous about how she described it. Mm. And I think what's great in the, in the live event that it's possible for anybody to watch because it's, it's on um, the Town Hall's YouTube channel now. Um, what's great is that in a, a few of the examples that are used during the event, we see the child ask the parent to uh, use this technique or uh, in the child encouraging the parent to really take them into the experience of of moments of their life rather than to be general about it or to um, wash it with a lot of, as you say, feelings and interpretation. What did you see? What did you hear? What, what, what did it smell like there? What did you do next? What happened? That's why that technique's called what happened. So it's allowing the events to tell the story rather than a layer of interpretation mm. that has been put on top afterwards. And that's really hard if you're asking your, you know, there's, a, there's that uh, great example in there where there's a young man, I guess he's in his early 20s, and mm. he's talking to his mother who's probably in her mid-50s about experiences when she was a child. Now, she will have thought about those experiences so many times during her life. It's very hard not to just um, tell the layers of interpretation that you've put on top of those experiences, what, you've, what you feel you've discovered and learnt about those experiences subsequently. But he gets her to peel away those layers and just show him what she saw, what she did. And of course, as a result of that, it becomes so much more vivid. Mm-hmm. It takes us all to that place. It strips away her adult self and takes us all into her child self. And um, it, it, it connects with us really emotionally when she does that. So much more than her saying, oh, well, when I was a child this, when I was a child that, with the distance of years, of yeah. five decades. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and consequently, as you're describing that, I'm, I'm remembering her story. It mm. means that it was much more vivid for me because she went from saying... Oh, I used to collect things as yes. a child. And then he interrogated that a little bit more. Well, interrogated is quite strong. <laughs> he explored. He explored. Um, no, but he was rigorous. He, was, he wouldn't let her get away with it. He, he, that's what I think you mean by that. But he just gently kept going, yes, but tell me, show me. Yeah, so that eventually she remembered that she had a little red box mm. and inside the red box were things like a shell, a feather, a leaf um, and the, her favourite thing was a crystal yes. and she could look into this quartz crystal and see the prism and see the colours and so what you get from that is a child's wonder at, mm. at, at these at these treasures that were collected in this red box, which is so much more vivid than, well, as a child, I used to collect things. Yeah. And then the reality of that, the, the sensory experience of that, and then you get, you get the feeling of what that was like for her. And the, as you say, it's the, you remember the image of that box and the things in it because that, was, that picture was painted for you. Um, so you, re- and you, you, you remember it because we remember images. Mm. So I think, yes, um, there, was something, there was something wonderful in watching two people 
um, explore that process uh, with with that story and the two people were a child and a parent and the parent was telling the child and the child was asking questions of the parent and that dynamic is is really distinct it's not like one of us helping that person explore that story it there's something really precious that you see happening in this transaction I was going to say which is which is a bit of a feels like a bit of a clunky word for it but in this dynamic of something being passed from one person to another um, between two people who are connected you know via their DNA mm-hmm. you know really passing something down a line of experience well you just get that you know and I'm thinking about Gloria asking her mother all those questions about, you know, when her eloping and meeting somebody and, and falling in love. And, you know, those are stories that, you know, maybe Gloria kind of generally knew the story before, but in the way that her mother told it, suddenly it was like Gloria was in her mother's shoes, experiencing it and kind of getting, wow, you know, mom, you... Wow, you did this thing. Yeah, you, there's a moment you know, where you, you 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 ran away, and she kind of got the the power of that. Yes, that's interesting because it it looks like either she didn't know it, or she just got it in a much more kind of embodied way because she she'd been taken through this woman's young life, and she yeah. suddenly got aged, whatever that she would want. She eloped. She or she ran away. She ran away, didn't she? Mm, mm. Yes. And so there is, you know, and that's in in storytelling how you know you create empathy, or how storytelling creates mm. empathy, where you can really take somebody else into your experience so that they can feel it like like you felt it, and then you're at a whole different level of connection of experience or or understanding of how an experience was for somebody that you can know in a kind of intellectual way but in this way of sensory storytelling you can know it in a in a very different way yes yes i think there's something else in this project as well which um which allows there to be healing as well because not everybody's relationship with their mother is totally positive Mm. um, Mm. for whatever reason Um, and I think there's as you you know you're talking about empathy and actually um, one thing that we haven't talked about really explicitly is that once the child has heard the story their task is then to retell the story in the first person. Mm. So that idea of empathy, they are then asked, invited to tell the story in the first person as if they are telling their own story, telling their mother's story in the eye. And I think there's, there's, that's such a distinct thing to do, to to speak somebody else's experience in the eye, it does invite 
you to engage your empathy mm. totally in speaking that experience. And I think where there has been a disconnect between a child and a mother um, in in their experience or a difficulty in the relationship, to then it be able to ask questions, explore the story and then speak it in the eye allows for a whole new relationship to their mother's story, I think. Yeah, well, I, I think to be able to tell the story in the first person means that you have to have done the work in in understanding the the motivations and and the why and if you have that understand if you you know if you understand it enough to be able to tell it then you know I can imagine that um it would challenge any assumptions that you had or yeah. if, you know, if you'd felt that somebody had made a mistake, if you can tell the story in the eye, then maybe you understand, well, that's why that yeah. seemed like that was the right thing to do at the time because it just gives you that other perspective, you know, yeah. multiple, multiplicity of stories, multiple perspectives. Exactly. And we're all fallible. Yeah. You get to speak that fallibility. Yeah. Um, I think, um, oh, there was something else I wanted to say. Uh, it's great because this event is there now. There's, it, it can be streamed and, and you can find it on our website. Um, you can click on it. It's a, it's a two-hour event and you can dip into it or watch the whole thing. Um, it's wonderful because it takes us to Ramallah where there's a son and a mother uh, sh- sharing her story Um and it takes us to the Second World War. Takes us, yeah, to, to a, a, a Holocaust survivor's story, which is a really extraordinary story. It's really a, a story of how they survived. Yeah. Um, and it takes us to India. It takes us to Mexico with an incredible story of a grandparent bringing up a, a child, um, becoming the mother as well as being the grandmother mm. to, to these two children. And so it takes us all, all over the, of the, of the world with these stories. So there's something rather wonderful in that. Um, and I, one thing I wanted to say was it was exciting to use um, the technology that is around at the moment to do something live that was global. Mm. And, um, and actually that it, it worked very seamlessly to patch these people in from different parts of the world as you've said, I think doing it in this way, it made it a lot more accessible because we could do that. And last Sunday was Mother's Day in New York. So a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have been with their mothers, but they got to sit and watch this event in different places with their mothers. In fact, I spoke to somebody yesterday and she said that was our Mother's Day thing that we did together. Huh. They were, you know, 3,000 miles away from each other. <laughs> so... Nice. Um, but anybody can can now watch it, and we invite you to have a look at it if it sounds interesting to you. And the World Mother Storytelling Project will be ongoing now, you know. So uh, we're looking at other events, and some of those will be in-person events, and there will be more online events because there are many stories to be told from all around the world. So, you know, if this is something... Um, that piques your interest, then have a look at the the YouTube, um, and and jot us a line, and say I, I want to tell my mother's story, or 
Um, I want to work with my child on telling my story. Um, let us know, and we're up for it. Now let's go find out what that drilling is. <laughs>